Welcome to the Church of Now podcast, where we believe kids and students and young adults can make a difference now in the moment. We don't just ask them to be the future of the church, but we believe that they are the church of now. We're going to be talking with ministry leaders about what it looks like to inspire and tell young adults and kids and students what it looks like to make a difference now in the church. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast, the Church of Now podcast. We have Austin Garrett. Uh, he is the youth minister at The Crossing in Lewis, Delaware. Um, I interned there a couple summers ago and has awesome experience. And I know Austin believes in students. And so, Austin, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, so I grew up uh, in southwest Ohio, the Dayton, Cincinnati region, Um I'm the son of a, a children's minister, so I, I've grown up in church my entire life. I'm a ministry kid, uh, all that. Um, and then, yeah, I, over the course of high school, really felt the call to go into ministry. So that led me to Johnson, where I met uh, one of my best friends in the world, uh, Micah McGee, who is also a really close friend of Matt's. Uh, and I interned at his home church in Delaware. Uh, under Mark McGee, who was on the podcast just a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, this this podcast hasn't been going on for super long, but already you've interviewed three people with Delaware Connections. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us, tell us about your ministry. Obviously, you're in youth ministry. Um, anything that we need to know. And then also kind of follow, follow up your answer there with what do your students need to hear right now? Yeah, um, I... I've been at the crossing for uh, just over two years. I came out here in in June of 2019, uh, and so uh, crossing students has grown a lot since since we've been here. Uh, I can remember one of the first weeks that I was here. We had four students. It was me and just a handful of students, and and those were, those times were really fun. You know, you never knew what you were getting uh, on a given week. <laughs> Um, and now we're to a place right now where we've got 45 to 50, like pretty involved students. Uh, so things are growing like crazy and, and God is, is blessing them. Uh, we're coming out of, uh, an awesome summer, but right before the summer was a really, really rough patch of ministry. Just, um, some students not making great decisions and, and being, uh, just kind of punks. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but things are really good right now. And, um, you know, we're so grateful for where God has us, um, as far as what our students need to hear, it's constantly, uh, a surrounding the idea of identity. Um, and, and I, if you listen to anyone who spends time with students for very long, this topic will come up, um, Students are, are looking to try and figure out who they are, uh, what they believe in, what they value, what they stand for. Um, and, and they look, I think, a lot of times in the wrong places for those things. And they look to um, either what their friends value, their family values, what the world values. And, and um, you know, they stake their identity on, on those things. Um, and so... And, and that, you know, the, the whole identity thing that can lead you down to comparison, uh, comparing yourself to other people. And, and so what, what I really think that they need to hear is, you know, that, that they're valuable in God's eyes. And, um, and honestly, that's enough. 
You know, like if, if they're not valuable in anyone else's eyes, they're okay because they're valuable in God's eyes. He's the one who created them. Um, he's the one who, um, who spoke life into them. And so, you know, that matters more than, than what anyone else uh, could think. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to go back to the first part of that answer. You yeah. know, I, I was there when you started, you know, yeah, I, you was, were. <laughs> I, I was an intern that year and, and it was, it was an awesome summer. Our interns were a little crazy, but it was always fun. <laughs> Never knew what you were getting into. Nope. Um, but I remember, I remember being at youth group and there being four to five kids or even 10 and yeah. going to CIY and just having a couple. Um, so I remember those, those times and I see what you all do now and you do have a lot more kids, not that it's about numbers or about sure. anything like that. Yep. Um, but tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe why you think you, you've seen that growth, um, mm-hmm. maybe some of the things you've all have been doing to, to invest into those students. Yeah. So I think I'm, part of it is consistency. Uh, I'm the first student minister that our church has had. Uh, so before me, it was someone who was doing uh, birth through high school. Uh, and that's, that's a lot to handle. Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was simple as like, Hey, we're meeting a week from this point on. Like, uh, that was a little bit of a culture shift at first. They're like, Oh, we're used to meeting every other week or, you know, whatever. So just the consistency has really helped. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I, I'm really big on empowering students to lead. Um, and so one, I mean, we've seen our most growth in the last couple of months and that's when we've had students really involved on the leadership side of, of our programming. So our, our students are involved leading worship and, and helping plan things and helping run games and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's shift for a moment. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your experience growing up. You know, you said you're a minister kid. Yep. Um, when you were growing up, did you have experiences or opportunities where you were able to grow um, and develop in your own ministry or your own ability to do ministry or whatever? Yeah, this is what I'm probably most thankful for about my home church that I grew up in. When I was in sixth grade, my youth pastor asked me to start um, playing guitar in our student worship band. Cool. I'll jump in. Uh, and then when I got in seventh grade, he pushed me again and was like, what, why don't you start leading worship? And so I started leading worship. Uh, and then I got into high school and he's like, all right, you're leading worship for not just middle school services, but also high school services now. Um, and then I was involved planning events and, and I got to teach a couple times. And so I had a lot of opportunities to really grow and develop and, and make mistakes in a healthy environment. Um, because that's, that's part of, yeah. you know, what anyone is going to do when they're young and they're trying something for the first time, like they're going to make mistakes. Right. Um, so it was a good opportunity for me to try lots of different things and, um, and learn along the way. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, we're talking about the church of now and yes. we, we know what that's like. We have invested into, um, students and we've, we've all grown up with going to church with older people and things like that. I know the crossing mm-hmm. does this really well. And we've talked about this with Mark. We talked about this with, um, 
with Micah, you know, he was mm-hmm. the first one on the podcast because he grew up there. Yep. They seem to do a really good job of, of kind of intertwining the generations. Um, but when it comes to you, you know, when I say, well, you know, we are all the church of now, what does that mean to you? The, the first thing that came to mind um, is just that, that we all need each other. Um, there's never, there never should be like church is for me, no matter who you are, what age you are, what demographic you grew up in, you know, what, whatever it is, the church is never about me. Um, and so, you know, the church, we're all the church of now, that means people of all, of all age groups, um, are equal members of, of the church. They're all, um, vital. They're all necessary. They're all part of the body of Christ. Uh, what our associate minister here, Adam, uh, he always says this and I think it's awesome. Um, but when he talks about kids or, or students, he says like, they weren't given Holy spirit junior. Like they have the Holy spirit. They have the full fledged Holy spirit and they're just as vital as, um, as the, the senior minister who's been there for 25 years. Right. Um, so I think we, what I come to is we need each other and that's the, the older people. Hey, we need the younger people and the younger people, guess what? Don't just roll your eyes at the older people in the congregation. Like they have wisdom, they have life experience. They, they have just as much of a right to be there as you do. Um, so yeah, we need each other. For sure. For sure. We definitely need each other. Um, what would you say to a listener who has maybe been told that they're a part of the church of the future? I feel like we've probably, if we haven't seen this, we've heard about this, especially, mm-hmm. you know, you and I both knew people from Johnson University who have had been told this, right? Yeah. And so what would you say to a listener um, that says that maybe they're a part of the church of the future or maybe they need to wait? Yeah, I, I to be honest, this is something that I personally have not experienced. I haven't had, I mean, and I, I think I'm fortunate in that, that I haven't been told this. Could you imagine like, what kind of person would say that? (laughs) Like just, Oh, you, you have your time. I, I don't know. I, so if I'm talking to a listener that that's been told, Hey, you're the church of the future. Um, I go to the scripture that says, don't let anyone looked down on you because you're young, but, and, and that's the, we like to talk about the first part. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Okay. The part that's important is, but set an example, uh, in, in speech and conduct. And so, you know, for someone who's going to go around and tell young people, Hey, you're the church of the future right now. It's the church of me. It's the church of my generation. Um, you might, you're not going to be able to change their mind by arguing or by theology. Like you, you change hearts and minds. Like that's the, that's the work of God. And so you set, you set an example in the way that you live your life. Uh, you set an example with the way that you talk, with the way that you treat others. And, you know, and, and we trust God to, to kind of soften their heart and whip them into shape. And, and maybe eventually they'll see, uh, but that's probably the route that I would go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we just talked a minute ago about how your church does a pretty decent job at this. They, mm-hmm. they, they see, they kind of see every generation and work together. Um, so how do we, how do we make that happen? How, how do we make every generation work together 
um, mm. in the church and maybe give us some examples of how your church does that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's easier said than done. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's nice to paint this this picture of this multi-generational church who's serving and loving each other well. Um, I think that's the that's the that's the goal, right? It's mutual service and submission. Uh, that no one thinks that they're more important than another person in the church. And so, um, you know, our church uh, historically we're we're a fairly older church. Yeah. Um, However, in the last probably year and a half, we're getting much younger, uh, and and that's exciting. Um, but these uh, these situations are coming up more and more often now. Right. Um, some of the things that we do is, you know, if if there's just a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a high school event at the church, and um, our students wanted to do a service project. So there's an elderly family in the church that had a ton of yard work that needed done. Uh, and our students went and took care of it, uh, and just, just served on them. <clears throat> and then just several hours later, uh, there were older people in the church that cooked dinner for, uh, our students and, you know, different groups of people, but that's kind of the image is, um, you know, we're going out of our way to serve, others to serve people that aren't in our group. Um, the more that we just stay in our own little holy huddles, uh, of just people, our age, um, you know, that, that partnership that we aim for, isn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to be able to work together. Yeah. And, and in any way that we can, you know, find a way to, to get people to interact, intergenerate, gosh, I can't even say it. You know what I mean? Inter- <laughs> Intergenerationally. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, any, any way that we can do that, it's going to be perfect. I mean, you, if you think about, if you think about a normal business mm-hmm. that happens all the time, right? Yeah. You, you have older people, you have younger people working. And so when it comes to the church, we have to do the same thing. And I, I'm thankful at our church, we see the same thing, you know, yes older people cooking meals for our students. Like we have our student leadership meetings every Wednesday and like people that are older will, will make meals or buy meals for us. And, and I think students take, take notice of that. You know, they take notice that, Oh, these people are actually paying attention to us. They believe in us. Um, And it also goes to say, you know, where your churches like finances and um, the, the amount of time they pour into younger people, you can really tell a difference if they believe in, in the, in the younger people or, you know, yeah. wherever the resources and time is, is what's important. Well, and the quickest way to a student's heart is through their stomach. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it might seem like, oh, you're just talking about cooking them meals. Like, guess what? It works. Like if you, if you make a, a middle school or a high school or a meal, <laughs> that will mean wow. so much to them. Right. Um, yeah. One of the things, you know, to quote one of my favorite movies, uh, in the world, Black Panther, um, there's a line at the very end where T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, yep. uh, where he says, you know, there's more that connects us than separates us. Um, and I think that's really true of all people in all situations. Like we are more similar than we are different. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we're talking about different generations, it's, you know, can we, can we find that common ground uh, <laughs> and figure out how we're more similar than different? 
That's right. Matt and Maddie made an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> but but that's so true. We got we had to find that common ground. Yep. It's so important. Last night we had our student leadership and and usually we have just a few kids. And and last night I had sent out a message in our student leadership group chat. And and I understand, you know, sports and all that stuff can be uh yep. it can be hard for people to get to things, but we I told them that we were having Barbaritos, which is kind of like a Chipotle, um, yep. but it's, it's local to this area and it's amazing. And yep. throughout the summer, we go there like every week with our students. And I told them we were having Barbaritos and we had like 10 kids at the house. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so true that the best weight of a student is their stomach, especially if they know they're getting something that they really love. Exactly. So, so, so important. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> you could, you could, uh, you could give me so many stories of our time together and yep. <laughs> when I was there on the internship, mostly because of our uh, intern, Cal Kinman, shout out yep. to him. Um, what is your best or funniest ministry story? All right. I- I've got two. I can okay. tell two. One of them will be a Matt Mangrum story. Oh, uh, and the, the other one will be uh, one that reflects kind of poorly on me. Um, hey, I'm not Tommy Smith. If you thought you were getting, you know, like the cream of the crop this week, I'm sorry to late. Um, so the Matt Mangrum story. Oh gosh. Uh, when when Matt was an intern at our church, uh, there was one week that uh, one of our one of our staff members asks our interns, "Hey, before you leave work today, can you set up a bunch of tables and chairs uh, in this room because we have an event that's going on." the next day um this was a friday and they're like we got an event on saturday there need to be tables and chairs set up they're like all right we got it and uh dawn went in the next morning and there were no tables and no chairs set up like what happened here as it turns out (laughs) matt and cal kinman one of our interns uh had a watermelon eating contest (laughs) in which they each tried to eat an entire watermelon uh who won i think i did okay cal was talking talking a bunch of game but he didn't uh he he wasn't as good as he thought but neither of us ate like half of a watermelon well and i think about (laughs) half of an entire watermelon ended up on the floor of the kitchen uh so it was all sticky and it smelled gross and there were flies everywhere and the tables and chairs never got set up (laughs) dude i don't even know if i remember don telling us that we had to put up tables and chairs that's hilarious that is hilarious yeah i think that that's all we did that day that we were there and i I think it is I remember when we were doing that watermelon eating contest, we were doing videos and like we would, we would eat for like 10 minutes and then we would like walk around the church. And and I remember Lauren Mallory would like video us as we were walking around because we had this idea to turn it into a whole vlog and it just never happened. It never happened. I've still got the footage. I need to put it out sometime. It's like two years old. (laughs) The leaked watermelon footage. Yeah. Yeah. And there was somebody there with their kid, and like that's all he wanted to do was eat watermelon with us. And I don't think I don't think we ever let him do it. Oh, it was the person that was cleaning the building. <laughs> and here we are dropping watermelons all, all over the floor. Yep. That's yep. amazing. 
I didn't so, know where you were going with that. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are about a million stories that I could have told from your summer. That's not the only eating contest you got into that summer. You also that's, that's right. were trying to eat Maryland blue crabs. Dude, I ate 20, 20, 20 and a half crabs. That was the first time I ever ate crab. And you still lost. I still lost. <laughs> but the guy that had been eating them has eaten crab like his whole life. And so yeah. that was my first time. Actually, the only time I've ever eaten crab. Not because I don't like it, but because I'm not going to eat it in East Tennessee. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> also, don't want to pay for it. And so. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's expensive, especially 20 crabs. Yes. So the other, the other funny ministry story I've got. Um, so last summer, 2020. COVID ruins everything, right? Yep. Uh, it ruined our CIY move. So we hosted our own event at the church, um, like a lot of places did last summer. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that we did to end one of the nights uh, is we did slip inside kickball or kiddie pool kickball, whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> um, and it was awesome. You know, our, we, we did it up big and uh, it was a blast. Um, the problem was when we are getting all the supplies, um, I went to go get the, the dish soap to use um, and I was cheap and I bought like Walmart brand dish soap and uh, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, right. Yeah. I saved probably 15 bucks buying the Walmart soap versus like the, you know, safe for skin soap. Um and it, it came back to haunt me because uh, the next day there were three students that didn't show up uh, like the next day of move because they all had severe burns oh my uh, from the friction and from the soap on their skin. Um, they're like one guy, one kid almost like had to go to the hospital uh, because the burn was so bad. Um, so... <laughs> If you're ever doing slip and slide kickball, <laughs> don't cheap out when it comes to the soap. Get the good stuff. Get That's the right. get the safe skin. Get the and we just did slip and slide kickball a couple weeks ago, and I bought the good stuff, and there was not a single issue. So, um, <laughs> but I, I like to tell this story about how I almost put how how I almost sent a kid to the hospital uh, from slip and slide kickball. You're a lot more brave than I am because I haven't. We, we've talked about doing slip and slide kickball, but I just, I can't do it. I, I would have kids in the hospital, probably like five of them if we ever tried. And With so, our group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll be brave enough to do it, but right now I just can't. Yeah, well, just don't go cheap on the soap. <laughs> That's right. Well, sweet. Hey, I've enjoyed our time, and I've got one more thing, you know, if you had one more thing to tell our listeners, what would it be? Oh man, I wasn't prepared for this question. Uh -oh. uh, if I had yeah, one I more, I didn't send thing. you that one. No. Um, yeah, this is this is advice for any any Christian, um, you know, and whether you're a youth pastor or a volunteer or a student um, who's involved with ministry, uh, this is advice that I give to a lot of people. Um, it's in ministry fix your eyes on Jesus um, and, and don't take your eyes off of him because it's entirely possible 
and I say that I say this because I've seen it happen. It's entirely possible to be successful at the tasks of ministry and not have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's possible to carry out all of the tasks to fulfill your job description and not have a relationship with Jesus. So whether you're a youth pastor or a volunteer or a student or, or you're just someone who's randomly, you know, clicked onto this podcast, um, fix your eyes on Jesus because the best ministry is the one where you're walking with him hand in hand, step for step. Um, and that's where, that's where real life change happens. Um, that's where the real fruit comes from. Love that. Uh, something I tell my students in our church all the time. Mm. Just talked about it this week. <laughs> just talked about it this week. So I love that. Love it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, hey, if if you haven't yet, right? If, if you're a listener, you haven't subscribed or given a, a, a oh gosh, what is it even called? Uh, a, a rating, a rating, yeah. a follow, a subscribe, a review. Uh, go ahead and do that stuff. And uh, if you want to check out Austin and everything they're doing, Crossing Students, Instagram, uh, just their church doing some great things. So, Austin, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. See you later, man. See you.